This podcast is rated M for Mature by the Outer National Council of Fellows. Babies, consider yourselves advised. Also, this podcast discusses game characters, plot lines, and design owned by their respective developers and publishers. Please support their games. Listeners, that terrifying lullaby was brought to you by yours truly, the three proud heroes who intend to bring to you weekly a new kind of podcast. The kind of podcast that covers the stories from video games. This is a podcast we intend to be enjoyed by anybody, so please, if you listened today and enjoyed what you heard, pass it on. The stories we'll be talking about today will be from none other than Red Dead Redemption with its upcoming sequel, Red Dead Redemption 2, which will actually release partway through our playthrough of Red Dead Redemption. So sorry to be so late, but for those of you who end up buying Red Dead Redemption 2 a little bit later, perhaps this will be a perfect warm-up for you. Also, in advance, this is our first podcast. Me and my two friends are just now setting out on our journey to bring some audio joy to some people out there, um, of which we're not sure whom. (laughs) Um, And my grammar might be terrible. Uh, As such, my lovely friend David in particular had some audio difficulties in this podcast and probably several others, namely... A mic that picks up too much, or at times, nothing at all. So please bear with us in the edits I've made, and I hope you can still enjoy everything that we've put together for you. Um, And now we're going to start into the episode with David's clipped introduction, and my own introduction of our lovely podcast, Game Stories Reloaded. I'm Jacob, the host of the show, and the oldest out of the three of us. Hi guys, I'm Chris. I am the Mountain Man from Colorado, and I done love me some good games. How about you, David? Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is David. So without further ado, I'm just going to launch into the first chapter of Red Dead Redemption.
you load up the game for the first time, and you see Red Dead Redemption in huge red letters on a black background with a uh, just a slice of an environment from Red Dead Redemption. It could be any um, different environment, like they have a snow-covered tree, or it could be a barn, or it could be like a lady's underwear. I don't know. There are a <laughs> bunch of different intro screens. But it's different every time. So, you know, it really pulls you in. Um, start it up, and we see our very first loading screen. It is wreathed in red. It's kind of like a red filter over a image from the game. And we see the title, Exodus in America. And this is our introduction to Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> it opens on a steamboat pulling through a muddy river that we don't know where this is. There's no introduction, any subtitles or something like that. It, it shows the boat docking, and we see the dock, just plain wood planking. Everything looks a little bit older, so it's not current time. <laughs> if you know anything about Red, Redem Red Dead Redemption, that's pretty obvious. And there's an employee who goes up to the rope, um, guarding the exit from the ferry onto the actual dock. She pulls it apart, and you see a flood of people moving off of the boat. And for an older game, um, I'm kind of surprised that they have this many people on screen at once. So it was really cool, I guess. Um, but also, everything's much fuzzier than I remember, so I'm glad we're past that shit. <laughs> Alright, so we see a man in a cowboy hat and kind of rough leathers mixed in with a crowd of people who look a little more well-dressed, um, kind of more formal streetwear that you might see in a city in, like, the 1800s. Because that's our time period. Um... And we, we kind of see a, a red, older car, like one of the original Ford automobiles, but a little bit newer than that. It, it isn't the first go-around, obviously, and it's painted like cherry red, being lifted on this kind of wooden platform via crane from the ferry to the dock. So we kind of see, we know that this ferry is coming in from somewhere significant that somebody would want to bring their car. And we find out later that this is, of course, kind of one of the entryways into uh, maybe like frontier area, but it's not frontier as we find out soon enough that this is kind of old west that's aging into newer west, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, so we see out of the crowd kind of three figures step forward. We have this man in his leathers and two men who are dressed similarly to the rest of the townsfolk, one with a bowler hat and uh, the other, does he have a bowler hat? I, I believe he, he has a bowler hat. Yeah, bowler hats are in, except for the guy in the leathers does not have a bowler hat. <laughs> the predate suits. <laughs> so, we see a newsboy shouting, Extra, extra, lead out of money! And one of the men in the bowler hats just kind of socks him in the face and knocks him to the side. 
<laughs> and so apparently that was a critical part of the story and we neatly brushed that one off and then we see our leather chap uh, getting pushed onto a train as the two men in bowler caps kind of watch and you you see in their eyes a desire to to kind of wave and flutter their handkerchiefs at him as the train pulls off but they restrain that um, desire and they just kind of stare at him as this train pulls off and I'm, I'm completely kidding they're definitely not good friends with him they're just kind of pushed him around yeah. um, this train pulls off and we see this kind of uh, this train with a passenger co- uh, passenger car full of people it's an older rustic train. All of the benches are wooden. There aren't any cushions or anything like that. And we see um, two pairs of women directly in or two pairs of people. <laughs> there is a man among them. Two pairs of people and behind and in front of our leather-clad chap. And um, our leather-clad chad, which um. As we soon come to realize once he gets off the train, but he's our main protagonist of this series, of Red Dead Redemption itself. We come to know him as John Marston. Now, very little is known of John Marston, at least when we start off, but, I mean, it's safe to say that we can tell he's a, he's some, some sort of outlaw, or at least a sheriff of some kind. We don't know. He's up in his classic cowboy attire, you know, he's... He is that needle in the haystack, because like you said, everyone else around him is just kind of modern, but yet he's still in this old-fashioned Western outfit. Yeah, that's our John Marston. Relic of the past. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, his story will evolve over the course of the game, because he is the main character. So yeah, we've got a lot to learn about him. Um, So, John Marston, our hero, or is he? Behind him are these two older women, and they're talking about civilization, saving savages, and other such things. They're very gossipy. The one woman is just tooting her own horn, talking about how, uh, oh yeah, did you hear this one town is on the brink of civilization? Thank goodness they're bringing cars out here. And then um, the two in front of John Marston and... John Marston is just kind of <laughs> looking out the window a little bit, looking around his surroundings in this sparsely um, decorated rail car, which is to say <laughs> there isn't like anything around. There's not even glass in the windows. It's just kind of a shell of what we expect for a railway car to be. Um, and that might be just because Rockstar didn't want to spend a lot of money making the interior look good. Um, or it might be indicative of the way that railway would have been. Um, but the two in front of him are actually a priest and a young woman. And they're just kind of talking about right and wrong. And uh, I remember it more along the lines of... Here we are. We're going to spread the good word to these savages. Oh, man. Yeah. And then uh, also the girl talks about, oh, I heard that man someday is going to learn to fly. 
And the priest <laughs> is just like, no, honey, flying is for angels. Man could never <laughs> aspire to such heights. He shut her argument down. Right. It's really uh, introducing rock stars satire here, you know, as we obviously are in the age of video games, we're way past the invention of flying machines. Then we pull into a station after listening to the BS of both of these pairs, <laughs> because the priest is not very knowledgeable aside from just being like, God is good, and that means I don't need to know anything. And the two women are again just stuck in their ways, which is maybe kind of part of them being older women. If they were somebody of another age, that might be different. We pull into a railway station and we get off the train. We kind of lose sight of the other passengers who are around us. And we just see this kind of plain looking town. It's all wooden, a whole lot of brown. The ground is brown. <laughs> the sky is brown. The water is brown. Um, the walls are brown. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. there's, there's no water here. The horses are brown. <laughs> We're definitely in the middle of the desert. Um, and we just kind of see this small wood water tower to our right as we're getting off. Um, and there are a couple of workers just kind of hanging out there. And <clears throat> we've got Armadillo Station, which we can pass through to get to the main town. Or if you're like me, you can just go around it because you don't do doors. <laughs> Why go through a door when you have all that brown to look at? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, then we see the saloon and the gunsmith, an express store and a produce stand. And again, from the outside, all we really see is kind of our iconic main road in a very small western town. There aren't any buildings really stretching out behind the buildings that make up this main uh, throughway of the town. And there aren't that many buildings um there's just kind of a smattering of maybe like 10 to 12 buildings here mm -hmm. and they're they're all very plain from the outside but the um, actual saloon actually has a nice uh porch to it and it's a two-story building and we go ahead and we uh we climb on into that saloon we push past those double uh pushy doors <laughs> saloon doors yeah, just push through the saloon doors, I suppose. Um, and we're introduced to another cinematic right after uh, assuming control for a sparse 20 seconds. And we see a man who uh, isn't exactly waiting for us with nothing to do. He's He's found something in the meantime. We meet a guy who's obviously hitting it off well with the ladies of the saloon and making out well with the drinks. His name is Jake, we find out. He's this old guy who fits the Western idea of a common man pretty well. He's wearing a, a little jacket, button-up shirt. He looks pretty dirty. Uh, he's got a weathered cowboy hat on, t on his head and... He's got the manners that would be befitting of just a complete asshole. Yeah, I'd say that's appropriate. Um, 
So yeah, Jake, our drunken, flaxen-haired, classic Western man, um, is just kind of like, oh, hello, uh, I'm your guide while you're down here, and Marston's like, here, cut the shit, buddy, I don't like you, and you probably wouldn't like me, because I'm being an asshole right now, but let's, let's go do what we gotta do. And so, we go outside the saloon, we see, uh, <clears throat> our horses, which, you know, I guess I just had a horse, or maybe the idea was that Jake had a horse waiting for me, I guess that makes sense. We hop on the horses, and we go ahead and, uh, start off along the dirt road to our destination, and the tutorial message pops up that, oh, you can press X to spur on your horse. So I go ahead and press X several times and get up to a full gallop immediately and slam into the train as it leaves the station because I had poor situational awareness and also <clears throat> that was part of the tutorial because <laughs> they want to teach you how to stop. So you either stop by holding R1 or by slamming into the train. You want to know what makes this a really good tutorial? You'll learn two lessons. The train is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. And one fun thing. Um, <laughs> I I actually didn't die from the train. I just kind of bounced off it. Oh, never mind then. Scratch that. Trains aren't dangerous at all. <laughs> Dang. No, in fact, you learned that collision t detection for your horse is actually uh, not a very big deal. Horses are made of titanium in the West. So, uh, yeah, we go ahead and uh, we continue down the road. And we're climbing this mountain, and you're just really taking in all of these subtle browns. Um, it's really beautiful, and there's a, this yellowish uh, hue to the sky because, you know, there's a glowing ball of light up there, so you got your browns and yellows. <laughs> Pretty. You, you, you casually stroll through Chola Springs. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Jake talks about the abandoned Fort Mercer is where we're headed. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, don't know what you want to be doing up at Fort Mercer because it's been abandoned for like a while now. Um, and then he just goes on a tangent and he's like, so, uh, you come to Armadilla for the ladies? Because I tell you what, you could do a lot worse than Armadillo for the ladies. <laughs> and Marston's like, well, sir, thank you for your review of Armadillo's prostitutes, but I actually have a wife and kid back home. And Jake proceeds to, to uh, just kind of chuckle and make the joke that, oh yeah, don't we all have kids and wives at home? <laughs> so apparently... He's an adulterer. Perfect role well, model. Yeah, but uh, Marston doesn't give in. So Marston's, he's good. He's a good guy. He's got good morals. Nothing could be wrong about Marston. Then we kind of pull up to this abandoned Fort Mercer, get off our horses, walk up to the gate, and uh, Marston yells up. He's like, Bill! So we learn a new name. Uh, he's yelling at this guy named Bill Williamson and tells him to come on out. And we see a boy named Bill Williamson, the man <laughs> oh himself, leader of a gang. 
And he is got a nice black cowboy hat on with the left flap pinned up against the head. Uh, he's wearing a nice scarf, black scarf with a trench coat. And he's got a he's rocking the nice black like full black beard. A little bit of white on the mustache. And he's got a hard face. You can tell this man means business. And so he's pointing his rifle down at John Marston and Jake. Or actually, had Jake taken off? Yeah, Jake Jake dipped. Jake Jake took the fuck off. He didn't want any of that. (laughs) So Marston is approaching this Fort Mercer on his own as Billy points down at him with a rifle. Marston tells Bill that he wants to help him and that he's been hired to bring Bill in and that he doesn't want to hurt Bill. And Bill basically says he's full of shit. And uh, Bill says, do I look like I need help? Marston obviously thinks so, but Billy decides to tell him to shove it by lodging a bullet in his chest. In the course of the conversation, Bill also mentioned their old friend, Dutch, and how Marston always thought of himself. So it seems like prior experience with John Marston has led Bill (laughs) to be a little wary of John Marston's positivity. And that's how our chapter kind of ends with John Marston lying on the ground in front of Fort Mercer and then we see a woman and a man kind of come up to the body, presumably several hours later or something like that, when Billy and all his cronies yeah, cronies have retreated into the fort, and this woman and this man put him on a cart, put John Marston on a cart, and right away. All right, so I suppose that leads us into the next chapter. Um, and here we have, uh, John waking up in a small house, and the woman who picked him up walks in, and we learn a little about her. And this woman is none other than Bonnie McFarlane, a strong woman who don't need no man, and she's a rancher who got her ranch from her pa. So it's a uh, generational thing. So Bonnie here decides to tell John that he done cost her some money getting saved. Mm-hmm. A whole $15 of medical supplies. Damn. <laughs> Damn, 15 bucks to get a bullet out of me? Dang. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's expensive bullets, that. man. Yeah. And so John here, being the moral compass that we all need, Decides that it's in his best interest to pay off this little debt he's accrued before he goes after Bill Williamson again. And so, to do this, he takes a little stroll around the ranch that he wakes up in. It's uh, McFarland's ranch. And he sees that it's like a little town in itself. It's got a nice big house for Bonnie and her father. Um, and that acts as, like, the central hub of the ranch. Uh, and then he walks over to the general store, which surprises them, because ranches usually didn't have their own, uh, store. So, this place is essentially self-sustaining because of that. 
Um, and he continues walking around, he sees the corral, and he gets uh, accustomed to the place. Um, and as the first, like, uh, little task that he has to do to make up for his debt, uh, Bonnie asks him to go on patrol with her to make sure no one messes with her cattle or any other livestock that she has. Um, so in the night, she goes over to John and she hands him a repeater carbine to make sure he has a weapon to help her fend off any nuisances on the ranch. So as they go along, they arrive at a little uh, little farm plot that has some vegetables growing in it. And we re- we meet the worst enemy of all. <laughs> oh, it's it's the, it's a little family of rabbits, and they're they're stealing all of the crops. It's devastating. John can't abide by this, so he pulls out his rifle, and he proceeds to shoot four rabbits dead in their tracks with deadly accuracy. Amazingly, he he drives off the rabbit menace. And surprises Bonnie with his deadly aim. You can tell this wasn't his first rodeo. Oh, yeah. Anyone that can shoot <laughs> rabbits running around that fast, uh, they have experience. Yeah, and this is one of the first times that uh, you really shoot something in this game. Mm-hmm. First yeah, time it, you actually uh, shoot anything. Like yeah, it surprised you. me how graphic those blood spurts were coming from those little rabbits <laughs> yeah they they kind of explode a little bit without having the gore aspect it's just like a red mist that envelops them when you shoot them which is probably realistic considering how big of a bullet is going through this yeah you, you, the repeater carbine you have it's a, it's a big gun it's not small in any capacity so after dealing with the rabbits the worst thing that anyone could ever come across in the Wild West. You continue your patrol, and you hear that the chickens are under threat by a new menace, the coyotes. No. I know. And so the coyotes start attacking the chickens, um, and John unleashes his full potential, which is his uh, little special ability known as Deadeye. Oh, God. Which lets him perceive time at a slower rate, letting him kill things with even better accuracy than he had before when he fought the rabbit. So, after he kills off a few of the coyotes, uh, the rest decide to scatter and run. Unfortunately, some of the chickens had been killed in the crossfire. Um, But... Yeah, and actually... In my game, two of the coyotes had chickens in their mouths yeah. <laughs> and were running away. Yep. And uh, as you shot them, the chickens like fly away with the uh, not not realistic speed. They actually kind of flew like a hundred yards. <laughs> Wait, your chickens survived getting eaten? Like, no, no, no. Like that. No, the dead body, like, unrealistically launched from the coyote's mouth. Oh, it ragdolled yeah, and just right, flew off to the, the side. Okay. It was a high-velocity launch from Dang, the Dang, I wish uh, I had that happen. Coyote. Would have discovered that rocketry really early. <laughs> but oh well. With all the threats gone on the ranch, uh, Bonnie thanks you, is incredibly impressed by your amazing shooting skills, and, uh... John takes his leave to go rest up. 
after a long night's hard work. Um, you wake up this morning, following day, you know, and uh, you decide to see what Bonnie's up to for today, you know. So I headed, I ended up going heading straight to her place, you know. I saw the mission marker and I was like, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I saw the mission marker. Marston just has these uh, floating markers, and he's like, guess that's what I'm doing today. Yep. He's like, I know Marston that. is. You know, he's pro granted, He is a married man, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get this woman. Not sexually, <laughs> yeah. but I will go get this woman. You go. That's the way you played him. <laughs> she will platonically be mine. So, <laughs> uh, upon actually getting to her place, um... Goes straight into a cutscene. He walks in. Uh, it looks like Bonnie's going upstairs, ready to call it a day. But you know, you're like, "Sorry, Miss, may I come in?" She's like, "Sure." Um, and then Bonnie, being kind of nosy, you know, she, she wants to know who this stranger is. You know, the stranger she she uh, carried off from the ground. You know, a man who probably should have been dead. But you, you know, she had a good feeling about him and dragged him and brought him back to life. So she was like, "How do you know about the Williamson boys?" And you know, John knowing that seems to be that his mission is somewhat important and, you know, dangerous. He's, he plays it cool. He plays it, you know, his cards to his chest. And he's just like, uh, no, uh, uh, no, you don't need to know. Don't worry about that. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm on a mission, you know. If I, if I tell you, you know, your life could be in danger. You know, giving that little cool angst to, John, to Marston's character. After that, you know, a little conversation plays. She's like, you know what? All right, I see how it is. How about a race? And, you know, being the cowboy as you are, he's like, yeah, let's go race. We'll see who wins. Yeah, and I got, I've, I've got a quote from Bonnie as she kind of runs out getting ready to get on that horse. She's like, but I bet you can't ride, Mr. Marston. Exactly like that. I nailed it. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, you know, the, the I, I can't help but the wrong feeling character. like there's a sexual tension with that. <laughs> you know, partial sexual yeah. tension in there, maybe. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, so your mission starts. Um, you, you sat on your cow. I mean, your cow. <laughs> your <horse. laughs> We're riding cows now. <laughs> Cows. Is that what you're calling your horse this entire game? You cow! Fucking move it! Fucking <laughs> mook! Well, no, I sat on my horse. You get onto the checkpoint marker. Now, I w I'm always interested in racing segments in games, I'm gonna be quite honest. Because I, I, I'm curious, well, okay, how in the world are we gonna justify checkpoint markers? Now, Red Dead does it a kind of interesting yet questionable way. Where when you start the race, um, you start seeing random smoke signals everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, you just follow along the path. You know, the race is basically going around the whole ranch. But, I mean, uh, granted, as I was doing it, the thought would not escape my mind. And I'm just like, did Bonnie pre preemptively just <laughs> told her workers, hey, I'm going I'm to ask this man for a race, so I need a favor, boys. I need you to start burning some wood at these key locations around the ranch. You do it? All right, cool. I'll give you ten. <laughs> yeah, the ranch the ranch hands came in at like three o'clock in the morning. Okay, Bonnie, what do you have for us today? <laughs> well, today is gonna be fun. Why is today? You're gonna get a real fine. kick out of this one. 
Make sure they don't go out. They got to be smoking. They got to keep smoking. If you see one go out, you got to <laughs> run up there, light it up. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what time you guys going to be racing? No idea. Marston does what he wants. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. But, I mean, go through the, the race segment. You just go around. You know, you see trains. You go, you go through a shortcut if you can. Unfortunately, I mean, sad to say, it kind of had been a while since I played Red Dead. Um, so I kind of didn't do so well in the racing bits. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I didn't get into the ranch before I did. Though I will say, the, the change of time was pretty quick. Because it was like, I know it was in the morning, but the sun moves pretty fast. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I, I kind of lost. It was quite disappointing. It didn't help that body being, you know, the wonderful woman that she is. Loves to rub things in people's faces, you know. She 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 threw a bit of salt my way where she's just like, kind of like, hey, do you want something for that burn? You know, a woman beat you in a ride. And I was just kind of like, okay, I see how it is. And this, the mission ends in the scene. Uh, outros into a... Uh, John Marston taking a cigarette, well-deserved cigarette. Pretty sure he's high-strung from that loss. But, you know, no judgment. No judgment there. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the uh, acts in this game that one should judge Marston for the least. That, that ends that mission, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, as I remember, he was actually leaning on a telephone pole. Which that's actually, that helps place us a little bit in time because we've got that old west thing. But Bonnie on her ranch has telephone poles already as well as that whole general store thing. So Bonnie's ranch is really cool, really self-sufficient like Chris was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He flicks that cigarette off to the side like a gangster and basically (laughs) just walk from that telephone pole right back inside Bonnie's house (laughs) like a soldier for the next mission. But before I do that, um, I want to actually explain that this is the first point where there are more than one mission that you can choose from. So there's an M and a B on the map. B is for Bonnie, and M is a character we haven't been introduced to yet. Um, but I go ahead and stick with Bonnie because she was right there. I mean, she's been kind to me so far, so I might as well see that through with her until uh, until getting to her is inconvenient. Then, you know, I'm going to get around a little. Um, so I head on in to the house. And Bonnie says that she's headed for Armadillo. And she asks Marston to come along with her, and Marston's like, yeah, sure, why not? And we, we walk on out, and she's got this milk wagon in the middle of the road. Some nice, uh, I don't know what those are called, but they're like the real big, but like a 10-gallon steel milk jug. There are several in the back. And we jump on in. She says, Marston, you can, uh, you can drive because you're feeling pretty well now, aren't you? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. That bullet wound has apparently healed remarkably quickly to the point where, you know, he was galloping in a race before, and mm-hmm. now uh, now he's going ahead and driving her into town. Later, Bonnie says something like, oh, it was nice uh, not having to drive myself every once in a while. It really sounds like she's starting to settle into this relationship. 
In this platonic relationship, of course. Yeah, this <laughs> this platonic relationship. And and Marston's an upstanding guy. He doesn't straight up mm-hmm. tell her that he's in a relationship like he did to Jake. <laughs> he lets her kinda <laughs> Who was like, Hey, do you wanna go? We can go party tonight and it's like, nah man, I got a wife. But you know, Bonnie, he's, he feels like you know she's classy. She don't even know that information. I'll, I'll keep that to my chest. Yeah, this is like his work blurt mm-hmm. or something. Like he's just like, eh, what? What my wife don't know won't hurt it. But yeah, so we 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 start out on this road and we're headed towards Armadillo, which is the city that we came into. So I'm kind of excited to get back there. I wrote down something about buzzard food. I don't know. Buzzard food Um, is best food. Yeah, that is food for buzzards. Um, But then uh, they're kind of talking, and Marston is kind of non-committal in a lot of the lot of the things that he says. Like she starts asking him about uh, why he does what he does, and he's like, "You know, honestly, I don't know, Miss." (laughs) <laughs> and she's Bonnie's just like I don't get you and Marston's like I don't either women am I right real solid character development <laughs> <laughs> um, as as we're pulling out of the ranch uh, kind of a couple of the ranch dogs are a little prominent here because they're like chasing the wagon kind of makes the world feel nice and living um, we see the ranch hands at work around the ranch. Yeah, take care not to run over the dogs because uh, that might end up in a mission failure like what David had earlier. <laughs> um, Look, <laughs> I I like to experiment when I play my games, when I play through. You know, it's just a habit I've grown. Whenever I grab the controller, I press every button, I do what I can, I see what my parameters are. And mm. I, I'd happen to see the dog... I had a gun. I didn't think it was nobody's dog, but you know what? I got a I got a mission failed <laughs> to restart on the on the wagon. Yeah. So so David mistakenly thought that the the correct course of action would be to make Marston's profession actually <laughs> like animal patrol or animal control. It might have. And he put that dog down on the spot because it didn't belong to anybody. In my defense, it might have had rabies. And hey, this is a Rocksteady game. I'm used to doing whatever the heck I want in GTA. Hold up. Oh, wait. This isn't Batman, buddy. This isn't (laughs) Batman. Dang, it's Rockstar. Dang. Caught line. Oh, well. I mean, they could have made this. No, they couldn't. It looks pretty pretty similar. Like Arkham... Asylum. It's a rock study. It's a rock study like three games before they could make City. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if City is City. I wonder if City is just as big, if not bigger. I'm curious about that now. Than this? Yeah. Uh, I, think I don't think so. Not, I think like if you're actually talking about square mileage, it might be a little bit smaller. But granite, density, it's yeah, definitely denser. Yeah, Arkham City clearly it's a city. Well, this is obviously old fashioned, nothing but barren lands. But you know, right. enough of my you know squabbles and <laughs> failures. <shall we? laughs> 
Although the uh, the forms of travel, you probably travel a little bit faster in Arkham City than you do in this. Because, well, I don't know actually. Those horses get pretty damn fast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I actually had a deed to like the fastest horse in the game for some reason. I started with that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because I bought it digital. Dang! But... Did you get Spirit? <laughs> The, like the character, or <laughs> no, is there actually no. something in this game called Spirit? No, um, no, I'm just talking about the 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 the, the fully beige horses. I call them spirits from the movie Spirit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, it's 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 like a dark brown, like real dark. Oh. Like it's the most expensive horse you could think to get at the general store. If you pop into the general store where you can buy horses, apparently, you bought that uh, horse. I did not buy it. I already had it oh, for some cool. reason. But um, not to get too sidetracked, um, Marston kind of starts talking about on their drive to Armadillo about how he doesn't really hope for things. Bonnie's talking about kind of her hopes and dreams, and he's like, nah. <laughs> I don't really... I, I, I don't do I feel that. like the world happens, and you just got to deal with it. Bonnie just starts talking, ignoring that a little bit, moving on, because... She wants to make conversation. And she's like, oh, man, Marston, I just picked you up. You were like a dead man the other day. And you're so ruggedly handsome. And, like, we're probably from different worlds. And, like, you're probably a pretty mean dude to a lot of people. But you've been nice to me because you owe me money. Don't you think it's cool that we're, we've become such unlikely friends? Marston's just kind of like, yeah, that's, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, she's worried about Marston. She kind of relates to him, and it's like, well, if you keep on doing this stuff, like you, you just kind of chase after Williamson, it doesn't seem like you have a lot of restraint. She's worried about him being too gung-ho and getting himself killed. And Marston's like, well... <clears throat> I wish I had the luxury of worrying about dying, but uh, I don't have many options, so I'm just going to go at this head on. And as I'm driving, I experiment with the cart, because this is the first time I've ridden a cart, and I just <laughs> slam head on into uh, some passers-by on horseback, and make their horse rear and buck them off, so that was pretty fun. Um, as we're going, we kind of notice this area around the ranch has real green trees like there is a lot of brown dirt areas but uh for like a wild west area this area is fairly well um wooded that's not the word i'm looking for but it's got a lot of greenery for what it is yeah it's got um, life but in then it. as we yeah it's a living place um and then we kind of come to the edge of a cliff, and we just look down into this huge um, valley where you've got this gigantic lake, um, and you can see Armadillo off in the distance, and kind of this outline of a broken down church, and we just kind of are riding down the side of this cliff as we're talking, and uh, it's... It really is beautiful. You see this mountain line stretching in the far-off distance, 
which is probably, you know, the border of the game <laughs> in a lot of cases. The the imaginary walls, if you will. It looks really, really interesting. You see patches of green and tan uh, kind of dotting the land down below. We learn a little bit about Marston, and he said he's been a farmer for the past three years, <laughs> um, which isn't much for being a farmer. <clears throat> and he said he kind of got into that from... As they're about to reach Armadillo, bon Bonnie starts talking. <laughs> I was about to say Barney. Bonnie <laughs> starts talking about how uh, Marston looks like he's really been through the mill. And Marston's like, the fuck you say to me? Like, <laughs> I don't look that shit, do I? And she's like, no, 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 no. What I mean is you look like you've lived a good life. Like, you've done a lot of shit. I just stayed around a ranch all my life. You, like, were in a gang. Oh, shit. Yeah. You were in a gang. <laughs> you, <laughs> like, well in got in trouble with the authorities. You got a white... Wait, oh, no, I don't know that yet. You, you got a... She don't know that yet. You got a farm. <laughs> keeping that close to his chest. Yeah, she's, like, leaning on him, kissing him. Um, she's not yet, but she wants to. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You pull into Armadillo. Oh, oh, yeah. As she's saying that, Marston is like, uh, he kind of he boosts her a little bit. He goes, he says, it takes more strength to stay than to leave. Mm, so, uh, wise he's kind of like, yeah. He's telling us that uh, we gamers at home aren't wasting our lives by just playing video games and not getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> We're building our foundation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we stay yeah. at home and put uh, that so, face. So we pull into Armadillo, um, past the white sheriff's office, coasting up to the general store, and Bonnie sends us back to the dock, uh, and she gives us some allowance to buy some more medicine, because apparently we need some. Uh, you do not need to use that medicine at all, though, because you are full health at this point. <laughs> but it introduces us to vendors, so you can buy things from people in town. Run up to the dock. Uh, he's kind of this generic NPC with a blue suit and a blue hat. And uh, I kind of point my gun at him a little bit. <laughs> he goes, whoa. And then I just uh, tap into a menu, and I grab that medicine from him. And it says free, so... I, I wish I actually got money from Bonnie, but no, it's just translating into the money she gave you equals free medicine. I think you might have robbed him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did you like, get the gun medicine? at him? Get free medicine? Sounds like a robbery to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I didn't have any money left over after that, so if I robbed him, I left the change on the counter. Well, you're an honorable thief. <laughs> So then, uh, go back out, and I expected to do more with Bonnie, because she's like, yeah, I'll see you after you spend some time with the doc. And she's like, see ya. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, all right. So I'm just left here, and, uh, this is when I, I went into my inventory, because the tutorial said I have one, and, uh, I clicked on that warhorse deed, and all of a sudden, uh, I got, like, one of the best horses in the game, at least at this point. Well, and, uh, yeah, that kind of concluded that chapter for me. Cool. So, it took you up to that chapter to just open your inventory? Yeah. <laughs> Were you in the moment you started? 
I'm sorry. It's just because, like, the moment I wake up, and I remember when I played, at least the moment I got up after getting shot and then being like, hey, you old muddy. I was like, well, fine. And I looked at my inventory to see what I had. You know, I was a poor man, but hey, I had a knife and a gun. That's all one man needs in, in this old-fashioned West. Do you mean the weapon wheel or the inventory? The actual inventory. Yeah, I think the inventory okay. shows your guns as well. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Just pause. But yeah, no. What were you going to do? Like, select money in the inventory? Yeah, I wanted, to, the money see, and then make I wanted to see if I had money or if was I a broke-back poor cowboy that had to make yeah. some good money. <laughs> I I think you also can see the money on, like, the start menu or something. There yeah. was some way I realized that I didn't have any. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is quite interesting to mess around. I also noticed that you had, uh, I had the outfits option, so yeah, I'm kind of excited to see when that will, you know, when can I do that and get some snazzy-dazzy duds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already have, like, the high roller suit or whatever it is. The what? Do you guys have the what? That? It's a uh, it's a poker suit. Ah, you have no, I don't gentleman have a poker suit. suit. I oh, think I don't it was have gentleman a poker suit. suit. Yeah, I only yeah. have uh, base John Marston. Yeah, so I think that's I think by buying it digital, I got that warhorse, and I got the like gentleman suit, which actually allows you to cheat at poker. <laughs> so I have that right out the gate. Man, lucky! I just have base John Marston. Yep. Basic Marston here as well. Alright, fellas. Well, to get back on track with our story and our hero, John Marston, after he was rudely abandoned by Bonnie in the town of Armadillo, uh, John decides to go to the Marshal and speak to him about Bill Williamson. Maybe he can get a lead there. So... He walks in to the uh, marshal's little, uh, like, prison, and he asks for him, and uh, he gets, he, he sees a guy that looks a little drunk, or just really sleepy, <laughs> and he gets rudely <laughs> awakened. Yeah, we're introduced to another side character, um, a rude one, honestly, um... It's quite the introduction to Jonah, <laughs> one of the uh, <laughs> deputies of the marshal. Unfortunately, um, he's uh, not the brightest one uh, on the block to have a badge. But you know what? When you're in the Wild West, you know you you, you can't pick and choose. And uh, Jonah, Jonah's a uh, pretty rash. As like you said, the moment you walk in, he just kind of flicks a gun at you and. You start to just argue back and forth. It's Jonah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, this this argument here that uh, John and Jonah have is uh, sparked up because John had told him that he's from uh, Fort Mercer, where uh, Bill Williamson had been prior. And so Jonah gets really up in arms about this. He thinks you're with Bill Williamson instead of trying to uh, hunt him down. So... He just preemptively pulls out his gun, and you have a little Mexican standoff going on inside the marshal's prison. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, until you hear a man come over and defuse the situation, telling Jonah to stand down. A sexy man at that. 
And we, yeah, we see the sexiest sheriff on this side of the country. <laughs> oh. It is Marshall Johnson. And Marshall Johnson, not only does he have on, like, a, a super uh, well-textured red velvet vest over his white button shirt and a perfect tie tied around his neck. He's got gray facial hair that just kind of fades into his, uh, like, uh, medium-length gray hair. And it kind of, he has the perfect buttons Mm -hmm. that are disconnected just a little bit from this rounded goatee with a chin strap that's just like, mm, 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 Mm. so perfect. So perfect. (laughs) <laughs> if you know what Jeff Bridges looks like in kind of a cowboy role, it's a little bit like that, only they like brush this guy up to look even like a little bit smoother and younger. He just he looks like if James Bond had retired to be a sheriff out in the mm, West. That's Sean Connery that's who this guy. Is. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe. Man. Mm. So I think it's uh, safe to assume that for this game, this is the image of the perfect man. Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> he's I mean, the whole package. I mean, I mean, I know we play the protagonist John Marston, but like he's still in his, he's still young. He's up and coming. It's hard to deny this man. Johnson is in his prime. He's a prime leading <laughs> man there. I mean, maybe at the end of the game, who knows? Maybe Marston will grow his mustache up to a grandiose mustache, or maybe fully grow out his beard. Then there might be some competition, but for now, the status quo has been made with Johnson. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, after this beautiful man, Johnson, diffuses the situation between uh, you and Jonah, or John and Jonah, uh, John starts to talk to him about uh, trying to get some information about Bill Williamson, in which... Uh, the marshal then responds by listing off all of the troubles that the town of Armadillo has mm-hmm. and how it's more important for him to be protecting the town than it is to be helping the federal government hunt down some random bandit that's not even in his jurisdiction. And I, I wrote down that the marshal's got 99 problems. Yes. Yes, he does. And John Marston ain't one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, after uh, John hears the sad tale of all the problems of Armadillo, he decides that it would be, since he is the moral compass of this story, it would be in his best interest to uh, help out the marshal in dealing with some of these problems. Uh, starting with a uh, helping him with a man named Wilson, who is, uh, or not Wilson, I'm sorry, uh, his name's yeah. Walton. <laughs> uh, so a man named Walton, uh, and he's uh, causing some trouble. Wilson, Wilson, I'm Wilson. sorry. Oh, Wilson. <laughs> no, no, it's Walton. It's, it's Walton. Um, and so Walton's causing some trouble down at the saloon. So the marshal and John decide to go investigate, and uh, they see Walton leaving the saloon assumedly to go meet up with his gang members. And being terrible at stealth, 
I immediately alert him to my presence and that <laughs> we are following him. So the uh, original. I feel like that's purposeful. I don't think you can sneak up on. Oh, uh, did he catch you too? Yeah. Okay. Well, being as perceptive as he is, Walton <laughs> immediately spots John and the marshal, and uh, a chase ensues where you and the marshal ride up to uh, Walton's. Uh, little hideout up in the hills in an abandoned house. Pleasant's house. Yes. Pleasant's house is what it's called. Pleasant's house. When John and the marshal arrive, leaving Jonah behind, by the way, they don't need Jonah messing this up, um, the marshal tells John that it would be really helpful to get Walton alive so he can get some information out of him. They arrive at the house, or uh, close to the house, when they are fired upon by Walton's gang, who I assumedly alerts them that he's being followed by the law. And so the marshal tells John to take cover behind some rocks to his left, and a little shootout occurs where the gang of Walton is directly in front of you, and um, if you imagine there's a little tipped-over wagon in front of the rock that John is hiding behind, and a large boulder a little to the left of that. Um, and then the Pleasant House is uh, straight ahead behind all those obstacles, with a little uh, fence running along uh, John's right. Um, like about 20 meters? Well, that seems a bit far. Maybe 10 meters away from the house. Uh, there's a little fence running along uh, the trail. John decides to open fire on the gang members that are shooting at him and suppressing him. Um, and he, the first kill he gets is a headshot on a uh, one of the gang members that's wearing a nice little top hat, uh, and he's hiding behind the um, the little wagon that's tipped over in front of John. And so. John shoots the top hat off his head. He falls to the <laughs> ground. He's dead. Nice. Um, so John decides to move up, take cover behind the wagon. Take that, Monopoly man. <laughs> yep, got to take out all the Monopoly men. Mm-hmm. And so John pulls out his trusty cattleman revolver to take out the rest of the gang. Uh, he was using his uh, rifle to start with. Um, and so... The second lackey that comes out uh, from behind the boulder, John shoots him in the arm and then again in the head before the uh, little bandit decides that he wants to hurl an insult at John for shooting him. Something along the lines of, you stupid son of a... And then, bam, shot straight in the head by John. John proceeds to move up behind the boulder when there's a couple more enemies in front of him shooting at him. One behind an outhouse that's uh, next to the main house. Um, so John takes him out and a couple more along the fence line. And so there's one more rock in front of John with one more gang member hiding behind it before he can get to Walton. Being a bit annoyed with the cover that that bandit has and since he's the last bandit left alive John decides to take out his trusty little bowie knife and charge the bandit straight head on <laughs> and so he does so 
and uh, slices the bandit across the chest, which causes him to fall over in pain, and assumedly bleeds out, which apparently made Walton extremely mad, as he just busts out of the house trying to kill John in revenge of his gang. But John turns around, and using his amazing dead-eye skills with his cattleman revolver, he shoots Walton right in the leg, dropping him to the ground, but not killing him. And so, having the rest of the gang dead and or wounded, if the guy that got hit by the knife is still alive, um, the uh, marshal walks up and uh, saddles up uh, Walton, who is now wounded and defenseless. And, yeah, and he hogties him. <laughs> yeah, he hogties him. <laughs> there he goes. Um, and he throws him on the back of his horse and uh, gives John a fond farewell until they next meet to discuss Bill Williamson. And he rides back off to the town. And uh, John is left to loot the bodies of the men he just killed for that $15 to pay back Bonnie. And I do want to say this this section, this mission, is like the first shootout, really. And uh, it's really, it really felt like super tutorial for that cover. Because yeah. you just move basically in a straight line through these guys. Yeah, you so, don't really have any like flanking opportunities or anything like that. It's basically just go straight through them until you get to the, uh, until you get to Walton. Yeah, a very very bland shooting mission, but still uh, still fun because <laughs> they're the Monopoly men, and uh, I actually my course of action for injuring Walton, um, I I took everybody out with guns until I got to Walton, and uh, I I I felt like my only non-lethal option was going in with fists. <laughs> so I tried to go up <laughs> and punch Walton. And I, I failed to realize, because I hadn't used unarmed until this point, that uh, you have to hold L2 to punch, because I'm used to Grand Theft Auto, where you can just hit the button mm-hmm. and they'll swing wildly. So <laughs> I'm just pounding on R2 as Walton blasts me in the face <laughs> with his pistol. And then eventually the game does like register my R2, but all it does is it kind of pushes <laughs> So Mars is just like, get out of here. Stop shooting my face. <laughs> so quickly realizing I don't know what I'm doing, I whipped out my revolver and shot him in the arm <laughs> as he was running away down this hill. And his body just like collapsed and rolled down the hill and started... Uh, Flinching. I did not know if he was still alive. But, uh, the game registered him, and I got him hogtied on Marshall's horse. So it all worked out in the end. At least you got one good shove in. <laughs> uh, Marston gets his. I don't know. I'm gonna try to say something good. <laughs> Marston gets his. Yep. Marston unleashes his true potential, shoving the man down a hill. Marshall goes Super Saiyan. Oh, man. If he couldn't get any more perfect already. Well, after that action-packed skirmish... Where do you go? I go straight <laughs> back to the Where do you bar. go? Do you quick travel, yeah. I'm assuming? You know it. 
had nothing to do there. And I, d I decided, you know what? I know I got some more Bonnie missions. I need some quality time with some Bonnie. So I head home. I, had a, I go straight up to Bonnie's house. Um, upon going to her house, she's already on the porch. <laughs> I go back home, Bonnie. <laughs> so cutscene ensues because she's already out. And I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, she's out. All right, all right, let's see what happens. Uh, turns out, Bonnie being her nosy self as always, comes up to us and is just like, I've had a few words with the marshal about you. And John Marston's just like, oh, here it comes. Dang, here it comes. And she she gets a little bit more, little little more uh, pieces about who he is and what he's doing here for the feds. And, you know, Marston tries to play it cool. And he's just like, you know, I'm here to do a thing so that I can go back to do another thing that I want to keep sacred <laughs> and safe. And then, mm -hmm. you know, no Bonnie, being, you know, very intuitive, basically just says, stop speaking your riddles, boy. Stop lying to me. <laughs> and, uh, she sits on down, and, you know, uh, Marston trying to be a gentleman, being like, well, ma'am, I gotta tell you. And right there, you know, body explodes, and she's just like, can you stop? We're friends, or I like to think we're friends. You can call me Bonnie, don't call me Miss. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Marston, realizing how he uh, kind of maybe done messed up, thinks about his situation, thinks about it pretty hard, you know, because he knows he has he has something good here, but, you know, he's caught in the act. So he comes, he decides, maybe it's time to come clean. So he tells her, I'm a married man, and I got a son. And, uh, Ensues, ensues. And do you know what else he had? He had a daughter. He's also like, yeah. But she's dead. <laughs> some shit. A dead fucking daughter. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, the plot dump is real in, in the next minute as, um, you know, Marcy decides, you know, I'll let you know. I'm just gonna tell you everything. Because, you know. I've only known you for about a day. I, I don't know you about a day, but, you know, I used to be a robber. I killed people. You know, I was, I rolled with the wrong crowd. You know, Billy. We used to be brothers in arms, and now I gotta go get them, you know, because I, I left this life behind me, but you know what? Now it's caught up with me, and it it's hurting my family, man. He's like, but I I'm sure you're not interested in this, you know. Uh, I wasn't really, I didn't want to talk about this. And she's, and then Bonnie's like, no, 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 your life sucks. Tell me more about it, please. It's <laughs> just like, don't worry. Uh, and, and, he's, and he begins to recollect his past, you know, coming to this country, Talks about his father, who I guess was like a Scotsman, who was in New York. Uh, he speaks about how his mother was, I guess, a prostitute, died upon giving birth to him. And then, you know, his father being the drunk he was, you know, wasn't really the best fit for him being a parent. So he ended up being in yeah. an orphanage. And then... Yeah, yeah and it's funny because, like, right after he says, oh, yeah, my dad was Scottish. But, and uh, I've been raised in America, but, you know, I think Scotland's pretty cool. Or, oh, my dad, oh, his dad came over as, like, a kid, yeah. but was still, like, diehard Scottish. Yeah, we... <laughs> and then, so Bonnie's like, well, let me tell you about me. My dad's in debt, so that's pretty bad. <laughs> and that's when Marston counters with yeah. his dad being blind and abusive. Exactly. And yeah, I know. I love that part, actually, because, like, like Marston's <laughs> just trying to tell, like, how crap his father was and his life was. And Bonnie just starts, like, yeah, well, yeah, I got problems, too. My dad's in debt. <laughs> we might lose this ranch, and if he, that happens, he might die. 
And then Martha decides to ignore that, and he goes, you know, my dad got blind. He died when he was eight. Or at least he got blinded. And then continues to talk about <laughs> his shitty life, completely just ignoring Bonnie's comment about her father. <laughs> we We should clarify, when David said he died when he was eight, the dad died when Marston was eight. He didn't get a prostitute <laughs> pregnant and then die at eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, he went to that orphanage. He left. Oh, and what happened to his mom? Do you she just died during childbirth. She bore him and then she died. And then people told him, hey, your mom's a prostitute. And he was like, great. <laughs> but then he, he recounts, you know, joining a gang and how... The gang was like truly like his his like first family because they taught him how to read, how to shoot, how to ride, and uh, we don't know who his mentor was, but he he talks very highly of him. But you know Bonnie being yeah she is you know she's like so you kill people, and he's like well yeah I killed people, you know I I have the scars to prove it you know I suffered, <laughs> you know and now and then he, he then he goes off to say. How he wants to live his own life, but yet he's dragged back into this world because he has to kill a man that used to be his brother just so this this the crime can stop in this area so that this one person who I guess is trying to run for governor keeps good on his promise. So, you know, we, we begin to learn a little bit more about his situation. It seems like John seems to be in a little bit of a political scandal in itself as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and do... Did I remember wrong, or did Marston say that he actually killed the leader of the gang, who he was saying the leader of the gang, like, was his other father? I don't don't remember remember him saying he specifically killed the leader. leader. I just remember him talking highly about him, how he really, like, liked him, because he he taught him how to, like, look at the good stuff at life. I don't remember him specifically taking over the gang. But, you know... Yeah, I don't think he ever killed him. You know... After right. the big plot dump, you know, after the big here's my life story, you know, trying to cool down the situation, Bonnie's like, whoa, um, Kay, can you help me? And then John's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ma'am, I can help you. You need some money? And she's like, no, no, not that kind of help. She's like, how about uh, you help me, like, get some cows, get on a horse? And John's like, you know what? To break this tension, why not? Let's go get your horses. Let's go get your cows. So, you know, we head out, we mount on the horses, and uh, we go straight to her, uh, her corral where we see the, um, the herd of her, little, of her cattle, you know, a couple cows going about. And uh, we basically get introduced to another more of like the kind of, at least for me, it was a bit of the glitchy, like collision kind of thing. Cause like I, I ran straight into those cows, but like, like I, it was kind of weird because they kind of just like sidestepped, like it was weird. It was just like they moved without taking a step, kind of. I don't know because like I ran straight into these two cows and they kind of just like glitched and just split really quickly, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were saying, like, something weird was happening with the cattle. Oh, I mean... <laughs> in my experience, they were circling, like, perfectly, like they were, uh, like, polo water shit, like, synchronized swimmers or something like <laughs> no, that. No, not, not, not everyone me. can be a cow whisperer, I know. Jake. For me, like, I mean, it, it means the mission simple is you got to be, be behind the herd and follow them, but there was this one stray that decided to, like, go into the town a little bit, so I had to go, like, grab that horse and just be like, come on. Let's go. 
But I mean, the mission itself is pretty simple. You just kind of like keep pushing the cows, basically. You just stick behind them and push them till you get to the like, till you get into a nice open field pasture, and you know, then you you know, mission's done. It's actually quite simple. It's just like you make it. Bonnie's like, thank you very much. And then I was just like, you're welcome, ma'am. But you know, him still trying to be, you know, John Marston. You know, he. he Cat's out of the bag, you know. He's a married man, but you know, he's still gonna be the gentleman he is, you know, play the gent part. So you know, I kind of left the ho- I left the cows there, and then I saw like a little her- herd of horses, and I decided to just kind of run with them, like r- just ride with the horses. But I mean, <laughs> it ended up just taking me back to the farm, and then you know, I I was like, you know, I wonder if Bonnie's home, and then kind of figured she wasn't, so it was late told me to come back you know the next morning and I was like I, I figured you know can't have too much fun with her so you know I ended up going back to sleep and you know that was my mission and that was my day you know it's pretty good yeah I mean you are a married man after all so keep that fun with Bonnie down to a minimum <laughs> as long as the pants as long as the pants is on we're good <laughs> yeah pants and it's, is on. it's funny cause you said it was a straightforward mission and I actually wrote straightforward in my notes <laughs> on the same wavelength. One of the things that cracked me up, too, was Bonnie is uh, commenting as Marston's corralling the cows. And mine went, my playthrough went pretty smooth. (laughs) Um, But she says, oh, man, Marston, you must have been a cow in your past life. Oh, yeah, I remember that comment. She just called me a cow? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Is that a fat joke? You know, it must be because uh, when I was doing mine, she said the same thing, mm-hmm. but uh, my, my herd just went all over the place. I had no control over them. It was like he'd, he dropped a jar a jar of marbles and they were just scattering everywhere. You were just like, oh, oh no, oh no, like, no. oh no, please cows come, come together, back to me. Please. And then scripted comment, must have been a marble in your past life. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I was. <laughs> How did you know? How dare no. you bring back How dare you say that? I was a jack in my past life. <laughs> oh, Jackson Falls, I haven't played in a while. But yeah, that was my experience but, in that uh, mission. Sweet, short, simple. Yeah, sounds nice. You rode off into the sunset with a bunch of mm-hmm. horses and then you went. Alright, well, that wraps up um, the first six chapters that we all played together. (laughs) Um, So we're going to uh, go ahead and um, go through the next six chapters next week. Um, Thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully you were a cow in your past life as well. Yeah, there we go. That's our signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Y'all are yucky. You're awesome. <laughs> awesome outro. Goodbye. <laughs> Do we have a goodbye song? Goodbye, Moonbeam. Goodbye. <laughs> Moonbeam. Hasta luego. Oh, I'll be, there I'll be there someday. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>
hope you were a cow in a past life.